Hey, beloved, welcome to another chapter of the book of Sean. Got a great show for you tonight. We love an end of the week show because we get to talk a lot about rather a lot of things. A lot going on in the world. Brittany Griner is free. Raphael Warnock won an election. People are paying $65 for a sandwich, and we're going to talk about that, too, because that needs to be talked about. 13 strangers got in a van and drove halfway across the country. Strangers in a van. Sounds like the beginning of a horror movie, but they did it. And we need to talk about it. <laughs> We're going to do some Ask Dr. Shard. Listen, people, strap yourself in. We're about to have a ride. Highly, do your thing, man. He's not going to play the bumper. Anyway. <laughs> okay. There we go. Let's talk about Raphael Warnock, people, okay? Raphael Warnock, unless you've been living under a political rock, you know that Raphael Warnock won the election on Tuesday to become the U.S. Senator from the state of Georgia. Congratulations to Raphael, who I know, by the way, I've known him for several years. And uh, I'm excited about what he's going to do, and I'm excited about who he is. It's interesting because Raphael Warnock has won five elections in the last two years. He's won the Democratic primary in 2020, the general election in 2020, and the runoff election in 2020, and then the general election in 2022, and then the uh, runoff election in 2020. That's five elections he's had to win in order to get this seat. But thankfully and mercifully, <laughs> he will get to sit in the Senate for six years, as is the pleasure of all United States senators. Raphael Warnock will hopefully do some of the great work that needs to get done in this country to make it a better place. And while I'm happy about Raphael Warnock's victory, for indeed I am, I am a bit concerned about the, his, his margin of victory. The victory is great, but the margin of victory is disconcerting. That election in Georgia was really, really, really close. And the truth of the matter is, it should not have been as close as it was. Raphael Warnock won that election by 2% of the votes cast in the state of Georgia. Only 2% of the votes got him over the top. And he was running against a man who can barely marshal the English language. Herschel Walker can barely work with a preposition and a noun and a verb all in the same sentence. And yet, Raphael Warnock only won by two points. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me how Herschel Walker could be one of the worst candidates in the history of American politics and still come pretty doggone close to winning. And the only regrettable part of this story is that Herschel Walker is black <laughs> and misrepresents the best of who we are as a people. This is crazy. You mean to tell me that Republicans in Georgia were so committed to the proposition of winning that they were willing to elect a man who can barely put a sentence together and reveled in the fact that people called him a coon? You mean y'all wanted to win that bad? That you didn't care who you would win with? It's like somebody wanting to date somebody or sleep with somebody so bad that they'll sleep with somebody who just got out of jail. They don't even care about the character of the person, the integrity or the intelligence of the person. They just want somebody to lay there. And you know you're desperate when you will accept anybody into your confidence. 
And in the case of politics, you know you've crossed the Rubicon when you will accept anybody as being worthy of your vote. Even if the person might not be able to spell Georgia <laughs> or Republican. Let me tell you something. If Raphael Warnock was a Republican and Herschel Walker was the Democrat, I would have voted for the Republican because I'm not willing to vote for anybody just because they're black or just because they're Democrat. I'm willing to vote for people who represent the best of the tradition of, of the people that I come from and someone who either has my values and my worldview, my vision, my sense of what America can be. See, white folks need to understand something. In this new world that's coming, where most of this country is going to be black and brown, please understand that black and brown people don't vote for other black and brown people just because they're black and brown. You got to be more than just that. There are plenty of black and brown people I would never vote for. I'm not sure if I should mention their names, <laughs> but you all can figure it out. Here's my point, man. When it's all said and done, that election should have never been as close as it was. It should have never been as close as it seemed. And yet it was. And yet it was. Welcome to the Senate, Mr. Raphael Warnock. Got some news about the Senate today, the Kristen Cinema, which I'll talk about more on Monday. But uh, we still wish you well. All right, let's talk about gay couples. All right? Let's talk about gay couples. Why are we talking about gay couples? I'll tell you why. Lori Smith is a graphic designer who wanted to expand her business, and she builds websites for, for couples to tell their love stories. And she prides herself on being able to tell these love stories, as she puts it, this is her, you just, that was her photo, um, to tell these love stories, as she puts it, quote, through the lens of God. <laughs> you already know where this story is going, don't you? Through the lens of God. So she builds websites to tell the love stories of couples through the lens of God. <laughs> now, I don't know Lori Smith. Did a little research on her. She ain't spent one day in a divinity school, never spent an hour in a seminary, and unless she's hearing voices, I don't know how Lori Smith presumes to know what the lens of God is. Can I just say this? I have to say this. I have to say this because people often, they get, they get confused. Just because you read the Bible does not mean that you know what the lens of God is, okay? Because first of all, God did not write the Bible. I, I keep having to tell y'all this. God did not write the Bible. God did not sit down in a little room with God's majestic divine finger and start writing the Bible. That's not, you have many writers, human beings, who contributed to the writing of the Bible. And when you read the Bible, you're not reading the word of God. You're reading the word of, of the nation of Israel about God. This is Israel's account about God. I know that makes you mad, but you're going to be better because I said it. It's going to keep you from doing stupid stuff like Lori Smith, sitting around thinking that she can know the lens of God. Because, of course, same-sex couples to her are not in the will of God. And she can't create a website for them that shows their love stories through the lens of God. Turns out the Supreme Court is taking up this case to see whether or not the public accommodations law by which she is forced to create websites for everybody is brushing up against 
the First Amendment free speech where she has a right to advocate and say what she wants to say. It's an interesting case, and based upon the makeup of the Supreme Court, we kind of already know where this is going, don't we? I want to remind all of you that um, God's law and the lens of God's and God's will and God's word were all justifications that white folks used to put us in slavery and to treat black and brown people like second-class citizens. You see, slavery and segregation and all of that had theological religious justifications. So the fact that somebody doesn't want to help gay folks with a website or a cake or a wedding and they use scripture to justify it is exactly what they did to us for being black and brown. And religion is never a justification for someone to trample on other people's rights. I don't care what you believe. You want to be a numb nut and believe whatever it is you believe, go on and believe it. But your beliefs do not mean more than my rights. Because we don't live in a theocracy. We live in a democracy where there's the rule of law, not the rule of the Bible. Huh? We live according to the Constitution, not the Book of Romans or the Book of Leviticus. So you can believe what you want to believe, even though you can't really read it because all you're reading are translations. But you can believe whatever you want to believe. But what you don't get to do, Miss Lori Smith, is come up with a business and then decide you're not going to serve people because you don't like who they are. If you have a public business, you have to serve everybody. Everybody gets the same service in America. I'll give you a drastic example. If there was a Jewish bakery and a neo-Nazi couple came in and wanted a cake for their wedding, the Jewish business should have to make the cake. Yeah, even though they would never go to the wedding, they would never support what the people are believing, and nor should they. But in America, if you offer a service, you got to offer it to everybody. You don't get to decide who your customers are. That's what the Supreme Court should decide. The Supreme Court should tell Ms. Lori Smith that she has to create the same atmosphere and opportunities for all couples, irregardless of what she thinks God's lens happens to be. I'm so sick of people doing things in the name of God and acting like they speak for God, when the truth of the matter is they can barely speak for themselves. You don't get to deny people rights in this country, and if you do deny them their rights, you're going to hear from me. All right, let's do one more before we take this break. Speaking of (laughs) neo-Nazis, let's talk about Berlin, Germany. Okay? Like that little segue? Trust me, you're going to enjoy the ride. Did you know that in Berlin, Germany, there's a subway stop called Uncle Tom's Cabin? Yes, there's an actual stop in the city of Berlin, in, in the nation of Germany, called Uncle Tom's Cabin. Uncle Tom is, of course, an anti-black slur. And in Berlin, Germany, there's an entire subway station called Uncle Tom's Cabin. Now, I'm not going to go into the history of how this particular subway station got the name, and I'm not going to go into a long history about Uncle Tom's Cabin, Harriet Beecher Stowe, the book, and all of that. I'm not going into all of that. But what I will tell you is that there are a group of black Germans. This is the part I couldn't wait to get to. There are a group of black Germans who started a petition that 14,000 people have signed to get this train station's name changed. Now, before we take another step, 
And we will take several steps in this story. But before we take another step, can we just give a shout out to the fact that there are black Germans? <laughs> shout out to the black Germans, man. It truly points to the fact that black people are everywhere. Black Germans. See there? Anyway. Now, let's get to the more important issue. And here it is. This is why I chose this story. Is anybody listening right now surprised that in Germany, there's a train station called Uncle Tom's Cabin? Is anybody surprised? Because we are, after all, talking about, wait for it, Germany, <laughs> the home of anti-Semitism, the home of systemic racism, the home of heterosexism, the home of, I mean, the only place more racist in history then Germany is America. <laughs> Which brings me to the point, would anybody in America be surprised if there was a Mississippi bus stop called We Lynch Black People? No. Would anybody be surprised if there was a train station in Alabama called White People Are Better? No. We'd be more surprised that Alabama had a train station <laughs> than we would that it was called white people are better. And here's my point. Once you know the history of a place and what people are capable of doing, you can't be surprised when they do what they've always done. Now, I'm not saying the black Germans are surprised. I'm just saying the black Germans, when you, when you got to Germany, I hope you knew where you were going. I wish y'all well in your fight to get this changed, but whoa, you got to fight ahead of you because we are talking about Germany. Let me not talk about the Germans because I'm an American and whoa, we got to fight in this country too. See, when people do what they've always done, listen, you got to expect certain things because you know the history of a person or the history of a group. And when that happens, you can be outraged. You can be disappointed. You can be hurt. You can, you can be infuriated. But what you can't be is surprised. Yeah. Shout out to the black Germans, though. I'm just saying. All right, people. When we come back, we're going to talk about a $65 sandwich. You heard me. There's a sandwich in America where people are actually paying $65 to eat. Tell me that's not stupid. <laughs> we'll be right back. Right after this. Hey, beloved, welcome back. We got a lot to talk about in this segment. We're talking about Brittany Griner, Hertz, rented car company's been doing some really strange things, and you guys need to hear about it. We're going to talk about that. But I want to begin with this $65 sandwich. You heard me. $65 for one sandwich. I know prices are high, but someone has created a sandwich that costs that much money. There's a shop in Chevy Chase, Maryland, called The Seven Reasons, and they're selling a $65 sandwich. It's called The Colossal. It has two pounds of short ribs encased in a loaf of bread, and the meat is packed in bread and lathered with butter, and, and the, the beef is cured for a day, and it's cooked in a water bath for 16 hours and they charge $65 for this sandwich. I just want that to settle in. Cause let me tell y'all something. I don't care what they dip the meat in. 
<laughs> they could dip the meat in the blood of Jesus. I'm not paying $65 for no sandwich ever. I don't care if I have $165 million in my pocket, I'm still not paying $65 for a sandwich under no circumstances. All the grown folks say man or something. Come on, man, $65 for a sandwich? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. What would possess somebody to believe paying that much money for a sandwich is a good idea? What would the meat have to taste like to justify that amount of money? Now, I understand that the value of anything is determined by how much people are willing to pay for it. I understand that. But you need to value yourself enough not to be willing to, to be taken advantage of by people who see you coming from a mile away. And anybody who's going to charge you $65 for a sandwich sees you coming from a mile away. I'm trying to tell you, $65 for a sandwich is obscene, it's insulting, it's insane, and nobody should do it. And, and let me not just put it on the customer. Nobody should be charging that kind of money for a sandwich. You dip it in butter. I don't care how many days you let it soak in or whatever. That sandwich ain't worth no $65. But I bet you there are people in the world who are willing to pay for it. I bet you right now there are people in line to get the $65 sandwich. And these are the people who allow other people to determine what they value, and they allow other people to determine what they care about. You see, I'm doing this story so that you understand that just because they want to charge you that amount of money does not mean that you should pay that amount of money. Don't let anybody determine what your value for paying anything happens to be. You get to decide. And don't let other people try to tell you what you should care about. I've had people all week trying to compel me that I should talk about Deion Sanders on this show. And I tell, I don't care. I don't care about Deion Sanders. I never thought he was the savior of HBCUs, and I don't care that he's going to Colorado. I don't care. <laughs> and I'm not going to waste your time talking about things I don't care about. You follow what I'm saying? You see, you have to know what you value and why you're willing to pay what you're willing to pay and what your lines are and beyond which you're not willing to go. There are people in this country who will do anything for attention, like pay $65 for a sandwich. But my word to you is this, don't let capitalism make a fool out of you. But making you believe that the more you pay, the more you'll get. And the more you have, the better you are. Because of the truth of the matter is, nothing could be further from the truth. All right, let's talk about Hertz, because this is the devil. <laughs> Not Hertz, <laughs> but what they did was the devil, okay? Listen to this. Did you know that for years, Hertz Rental Car Company um, have accused hundreds of their own customers of stealing their own cars? I had no idea. Did you know this? I had no idea that Hertz was doing this. But apparently, Hertz was accusing its own customers of stealing their cars. And for some reason, um, they believed, I don't even know what the logic is, 
I don't know what they got out of it, but they would file police reports claiming that the people who had legally rented the cars had stolen them. And it resulted in customers being arrested, uh, had to deal with felony charges, and jail time. Some of the customers went to jail when all they did was legally rent a car. And do you know how hard it is to rent a car? <laughs> it's hard to rent a car. I mean, listen, you, you, you got it. I won't even go into it. If you've ever tried to rent a car, you know it's hard. So you go through the gauntlet of renting the car, and then you have the company you rented the car from call the cops on you like you stole it. It's so bad that Hertz had to achieve, arrive at a settlement with 364 of its own customers who were all accused of stealing cars that they did not steal. This is amazing to me because I don't really see the benefit of Hertz accusing its own customers of threat, of theft rather. I don't know what Hertz was getting out of it. Was it insurance? I don't know what it was. I don't know what was going on in the minds of the people that worked at Hertz that said, you know, here's a good idea. We will rent them the cars and then we'll call the police and say they stole them. I, mean, I don't understand that line of thinking. It don't make sense to me. And the truth of the matter is, you ready? You never know what's going on in somebody else's mind. People make up all kinds of justifications for being petty and malevolent and evil. And most of the time, you'll never understand why people do the dogged and dirty things that they do. I don't know what would possess a rental car company to do this, but I also know that it's not my job to figure out what was in their minds. No more than you are responsible to figure out what was in the minds of the people that did you dirty the most. You sitting around trying to figure out what somebody was thinking and why they was thinking it and why they didn't do this or won't do that, it's going to drive you to drinking. Now, I don't mean the good drinking either. I mean the kind of drinking that make your liver shut down. Don't waste your time trying to figure out why people do what they do. What you should concern yourself with is the moment the why turns into a what that affects your life. Now, when what you think turns into to behavior that causes me problems, I got to deal with the behavior irregardless and irrespective to whatever you were thinking. Hertz rent-a-car company should be ashamed of themselves. But I'm sure that they're not. Because I found that people who are willing to lie are normally also the kind of people who never feel bad about it. But the good news is accountability is not emotional. You don't have to feel bad about what you did in order for me to hold you accountable. All right, let's do one more. Brittany Griner! Come on, people. I need a studio audience because we'd all be clapping. Brittany Griner is home. Everybody do a happy dance. Brittany Griner's home. Welcome home, Brittany. Yes, I think all people of goodwill are excited to know that the very lovely and the very strong and beautiful and capable Brittany Griner has been released from a Russian jail after the Biden administration facilitated a prisoner swap with the Putin government just a day or two ago. 
And man, Brittany is on. She's been in prison since February. And now she is making her way stateside. If she's not already here, to return to her wife and to her family and friends and the people that love her and the thing that she thinks rather that she loves to do. Who's not happy about this? I mean, come on. Brittany's home. <laughs> I'm excited. I like when people get free. That's just my thing. <laughs> Freedom is my thing. Yeah, man. So I'm excited about this. And this is obviously a win for Brittany Griner and her wife and her family, but it's also a win for the Biden administration. The Biden administration has been kicking butt and taking names, okay? I mean, really, I don't care. Listen, y'all, stop it with the foolishness. The Biden administration has been kicking butt and taking names. And there were a lot of people in 2020 talking about Joe Biden is an uninspiring old white man who won't do anything to help black or brown people. That's what y'all was saying. Two years later, apparently y'all was wrong. <laughs> because for everything from infrastructure to putting checks in people's pocket to rolling out the vaccine to climate change, gun safety, uh, legislation protecting same-sex marriage, interracial marriage, and now Brittany Griner's coming home because of the negotiation of the Biden administration. And did I mention student debt relief? And did I mention making lynching, lynching rather, a federal crime? Joe Biden's been kicking butt and taking names, man. I'm telling you, I wasn't that excited about him either, but I know how to, listen, when you turn the corner and a good thing becomes a good thing, I ain't got no problems telling you how good you are. This is good stuff. I've told you in other shows that most presidents don't accomplish, accomplish rather half of what this man has accomplished in two years. But this allows me to have the real conversation I want to have with you. You ready for this? Stop letting other people's opinions determine how you feel about the people in your life. Just because somebody else has an experience with that person that happens to be negative does not mean that the one you will have with them will be the same. Hear me when I tell you this. Don't judge the value of another person just because of what other people happen to say about them. If we were to listen to everything people said about Joe Biden back in 2020, none of us would have voted for him. He wouldn't have gotten elected. And who knows what would have happened in the preceding years. But black and brown people and white folks of good conscience and poor white folks all came together to create a coalition to elect this man because we didn't listen to the naysayers. We wanted to have our own experience with him. Not all to apply to everything in your life. Don't let other people's opinions determine how you feel about what you're doing or who you care about. Have your own experiences. Have your own mind and your own thoughts. Joe Biden isn't perfect, either is his administration, but it's a hell of a lot better. He's a hell of a lot better than what people were saying about him. And the good news is, so are you. We'll be right back. Got some more for you. I got some best things that we did all week. You got to see some of these videos, okay? Get your heart ready. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. So one of the best things about doing an end-of-the-week show is that we get to do some things that we don't do in the 
beginning part of the week, and that is to share some videos with you in a little segment that we call Best Things That I've Seen All Week. Peter Baba Holly. Yes, so check out this video of these adorable twins who are definitely double trouble. Take a look at this. I see you run. Who did that? Jordan. No, Josh. Jordan. Uh -huh. Why did you do that, Jordan? Josh did it. You did it. Tell the truth, Jordan. Josh did it. You did it. Josh. You. Josh. I didn't do it. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. I'm telling the truth. I'm Josh. He's not telling the truth. I did it. <laughs> you want to time out when you get home from school? Yeah. That's for after school. He said, I'm putting myself in time out. <sighs> They're so cute, aren't they? And so devilish. Well, I believed him when he said he didn't do it. Didn't you? And then we discovered together that the little boy was lying. Anyway, it starts young, okay? I'm just saying, if you got somebody in your life, your life rather that's lying, they didn't just start doing it. All right. I got to do this with you before I take this break because um, Time Magazine has released their uh, person of the year. And the person of the year this year for Time Magazine is Vladimir Zelensky, who is the president of the Ukraine. He's the person of the year, and alongside of the spirit of Ukraine, Ukraine rather, they are enjoying this honor. President Zelensky became the president of the, of the Ukraine in, in April of 2019 at the age of 41 after spending most of his adult life in entertainment. And now he is leading his country in battle against the Russian invaders. And I understand Time Magazine uh, selecting President Zelensky as the person of the year. I get it. I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad choice. It's certainly better than the person they chose last year. Wasn't that Elon Musk? Yeah, no. He should never be anybody's person of the year. But anyway, back to the story I'm telling. Zelensky, I get it. No problem, I understand it, but he would not have been my person of the year. Not because I have anything against President Zelensky or the fight of the Ukrainian people against totalitarian Russian occupation. I totally support freedom and their right to enjoy it. But President Zelensky would not have been my choice had I had a vote about who should be the person of the year. And so I thought, this is, you know, this is the show that I get to talk about the things that I kind of care about. I would come up with my own person of the year the same way I did last year. Last year, I told you the person of the year was Officer Goodman. Anyway, my choice, my choice rather for the person of the year is the American voter. The American voter deserves this year 
to be Time Magazine's Person of the Year because 20, in 2022, the American people did something absolutely amazing and profound. The American people ignored all the propaganda and all the craziness to vote for candidates that supported democracy and the overarching aims of the American experience writ large. Can you imagine what the trajectory of this country would be if some of the people in Arizona and Nevada and Pennsylvania and Michigan had won those elections and in Georgia? The American voter, to me, is the person of the year because the American voter adjudicated themselves against standards higher than what was on TV, social media, and the news. They, the American voter adjudicated themselves against the standards in the ideals of a constitutional democracy. It's impressive, especially since we're living in a time where people lick toilets and hit golf balls out into the middle of the Grand Canyon. To think that the American voter is still sophisticated enough to say no to the shenanigans and yes to democracy is no small accomplishment. I'm just saying, people, and to the truth and to the surprise and to the delight of political skeptics like me, I'm just happy to know that the American voter was able to step up and decided that democracy was worth the trouble of saving and defending and fighting for. You see, one of the things I have come to understand about this country and the American voter is that were it not for people who were willing to look past the craziness and to see what was really important, this country would be moving in a very different direction today. Brittany Griner would not be coming home. If another administration was in office, Brittany Griner wouldn't be coming home. We wouldn't have that to celebrate. We wouldn't just have been signing, or about to sign, rather, a piece of legislation that protects interracial and same-sex marriage. See, voting matters. And all the people who ran around in 2020 and in 2016, by the way, telling us that voted, voting didn't matter or doesn't matter, y'all don't know what the hell you're talking about. Because elections do have consequences. You see, when it's all said and done, the American vote has done something truly amazing. And for those of you who didn't vote and don't vote, you are not the person of the year. But for those of you who stood in those long lines and you prepared yourself and you voted early, I salute you. You've done an amazing and remarkable thing just by choosing to keep the country normal. <laughs> I salute you. We thank God for the vo voters of Georgia and Arizona and Nevada and Michigan and Pennsylvania for rejecting the nutso candidates that Donald Trump wanted to win. God needs to tell the voters of those states and really all the states, thank you for not turning this country over to people who want to keep it only white, only straight, and only Christian. See, the voters of America have kept the door open for there to be room in this country for people who are not white, not straight, and not Christian. I believe in criticizing people when they do wrong. Absolutely. But I also believe that you ought to celebrate people when they do right. And I've been a vocal critic of America, but today I got to say, good job, American voter. Thank you for standing up. And you deserve a little 
validation today. So I'll leave you with this. Today we salute democracy. We salute the American experience with all of its highs and lows and ugliness and all of that. But most of all, we salute the American people, the American voter, black and brown people, who understand that we don't have a choice because if we don't vote and if we don't decide, the people who make those decisions will cut us out. Anyway, when we come back, I'm going to talk to you about 13 strangers who decided to take a trip together, okay? You want to hear this. We got a little more best things that we've seen all week. We got some ass Dr. Sean. I'm not done yet. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back, everybody. It's been a great ride so far, and it's about to get better because it's story time. You ready for this? So... Just imagine yourself stuck in an airport in Orlando, Florida, and for whatever reason, your flight gets canceled. No flights are going to where you're going, and where you're going happens to be Knoxville, Tennessee. You want to go to Knoxville, Tennessee? Let's pick a reason. Want to see your mama, your grandmother's there? I don't know. The love of your life is in Knoxville. Pick a reason. But you can't get there because your flight's been canceled, and you're stuck in Orlando, Florida. And not just you. Everybody's supposed to be on the flight with you. They can't get there either. So what do you do? What do you do when you're stuck in Orlando, Florida, and you're, Florida rather, and you're trying to get to Knoxville, Tennessee? Well, 13 people who didn't know each other at all decided to rent a van. One of the people was standing in line and noticed, this is ironic, by the way, that the Hertz line <laughs> for the Hertz rental van was empty. And they went over and decided to rent a van, and 13 people joined with them to drive to Knoxville, Tennessee. Yes, that's them right there. All of them together in the van. Now, these people didn't know each other, by the way. They, they're all from different parts of the country. They're different ages. They do different things for work. They had no connection at all, except for the fact that they all were stuck in Orlando, and they all wanted to go to Knoxville. The fact that they went to the van from Hertz makes me surprised that they didn't get arrested <laughs> for Hertz reporting that the van was stolen. But we already talked about that. These folks got in the van and drove to Knoxville. It's a 10-hour drive from Orlando to Knoxville, Tennessee, and 13 strangers did it together. Now, I'm supposed to be telling you <laughs> how much of a great story this is of people working together and coming together to do great things. I know I'm supposed to be doing that, but I can't do it because I cannot resist the temptation of saying, who in the hell are these people? Let me tell y'all something. Dr. Sean is stuck in the airport in Orlando, Florida. Let me tell you what Dr. Sean is not doing. He is not getting in the van with 13 people he don't know. The devil is a lie. I ain't doing that. No, 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 no. I am not getting in the van with 13 strangers to do nothing, especially spend 10 hours driving across the country. I don't trust people's driving. You know what I'm saying? I, I wouldn't be able to sleep. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not saying that what they did was a bad thing. 
It worked out for them. They all got there. No harm, no file. I get it. I'm just telling you, I don't think this is a good idea for us to be repeating all over the country, especially with mental health in this country being what it is. People really suffering from mental health issues. You just going to climb in the van with some people you don't know? It could be because I'm from New York. We don't do stuff like that. We don't even talk to people on the subway. But I don't listen, man. Mm-mm. This don't sound good in my spirit. <laughs> my, my Holy Ghost say, don't do this. <laughs> Stay away, stranger danger, people. Okay? I'm just saying. See, the moral of the story is not just the things that I wouldn't do. The moral of the story is don't put your life in the hands of people you don't know and you don't trust. You know that was good. Don't put your life and your future in the hands of people who are not invested in your life and your future. Make sure before you put yourself in a situation where other people can decide your success and your safety that you know something about them. It means that you shouldn't be turning your house keys over to somebody you met at the club last night. Huh? Stop bringing people home with you whose name you don't even know. See, protect your future and your gift and your destiny a lot better than that. Make people earn the right to climb up in the van with you and drive for 10 hours. Or to make people, or to allow people to live in your house, or to have free reign in your space. If I've known you for three weeks, you can't come over here whenever you want to. I don't know you. It's about understanding that what you have and who you are needs to be protected. It deserves to be protected. And your job is to protect it, not anybody else. Not to mention the fact. And if I was stuck in Orlando, Florida, and needed to get to Knoxville, I would have just rented a car myself. Not from Hertz, though. <laughs> and drove to Knoxville. Or just waited the next morning and flew out the next day. I know this is supposed to be a feel-good story, okay? So here's the other feel-good part. Stop blindly putting your life in the hands of people you don't know. And stop blindly putting your future in the hands of people who haven't earned access to the best of who you are. All right. Uh, do I got time to do this? Do I have time to do this? I think I do. Um, no. We're going to do this video when we come back. I'm going to show you one last best thing that I did all that, that we did that we saw rather all week. You want to see this. The reaction's a little long, so I don't want to I don't want to run out of time. Uh, so we will look at it right after this great video. Then we're going to do some ass Dr. Sean and then we're going to just party out. OK, because it's the end of the week. We're going to rock out at the end at the end of this. All right. Let's go to break. Welcome back, everybody. So I have one more best things to show you. And um, take a look at this video of a toddler's reaction when she sees herself on a box of Pampers. Almost there. We're almost there. Is that your diapers? Is that your diapers? I don't know. I don't know. Is it? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Who's that? Me. 
sit beside it. Sit beside it so I can get a video and a picture. Look at me. Yeah, look at me. Look at me. Is that you? Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel? Happy. You're happy? I'm happy too. We waited so long to see you on that box. Let's take it. It's so heavy. Let's take it. It's so heavy. Can it stand? It's stand. Okay, that's it. Put it in. Put it in. Let's go. <laughs> Well, congratulations, little one. Good to see yourself out in the world. And I hope and pray that her little future and your big futures will be filled with the possibility of you seeing yourself in amazing places. Sometimes you don't know who you are until you see yourself on a box of Pampers. No, maybe not a box of Pampers, but you get the point I'm making. All right. Let's do some Ask Dr. Sean. Highly play the bumper, man. All right, so um, you guys always send me amazing videos. Today is no different. Take a look at this one. Hi, Dr. Sean. My name is Jackie, and I'm from New York. My boyfriend of three years got a job in Wisconsin, and I decided to be a team player and move in with him. After being here for a year, I absolutely hate it. How do I tell him that I'm moving back to New York with or without him? Am I being too harsh? Um, your tone is not helpful because you're not moving. My sense of the question is you're not moving away because of him, but you're moving because where you are doesn't work for you, which is probably an indication of why you should have slowed down before you make this decision. See, moving in with someone or moving away from your home isn't about being a team player. You have to know that you're called to that place, that something about your destiny is tied to where you're going. I'm not moving anywhere with anybody to be no team player. I'm only going somewhere because I believe that my destiny is tied up with them. And something about that place will empower me to become the right person. So your tone should be better. You should be explaining to him why this place doesn't work for you, even though he does. I'm assuming you don't want to lose your, lose your relationship. And if that's the case, what you want is for him and for the both of you, really, to figure out how you can do this long distance until you get to the place where you either decide that distance can't be overcome or both of you are both of you are willing to make changes. But fix your tone. Don't do the whole I'm moving with or without you. Mm -mm. Tell them that you need to go home. Tell them that where you are isn't speaking to who you are and that there is more than one way to love somebody. And not all of those ways include being up close. Yeah. All right, let's do one more question. Someone emailed me this question. My husband's best friend is cheating on his wife. I am not her friend, but we have hung out together with him and our spouses. She asked me to go to brunch with her this weekend. And it seems like she's a good, she seems rather like a good person. Should I tell her that her husband is cheating? Whoa, that's a question, right? All right, here's my advice. First thing you should do is talk to your husband. 
That's his friend, and that's his friend's wife. You don't really know her. You don't want to sort of jump in and put yourself in a situation before talking to your husband, if for no other reason than simply because he needs to be prepared for the blowback that might happen if you decide to tell her the truth. What you really need to say to him is, here's what I know about your friend, our friend. What are you going to do? What should you do? What are you going to say? Do you feel like, husband, you should even say anything? And how would you feel if you were in that situation, but you were the one being cheated on? Talk to your husband before you try to talk to somebody else's wife and make sure that that conversation is a thorough one about how both of you are going to react. Because this isn't just going to affect you. It's going to more so affect him because that really is his friend. You barely know this blessed sister. I do believe in telling the truth, and I do believe that people should know what's going on, but it's how you do it that's going to make all the difference here. And it may be the case that your husband can have a conversation with his male friend that allows you not to have a conversation with the sister at all. But good luck with that. You know what I'm saying? Guys tend to cover guys when guys aren't doing the right thing. And I hope you are married to someone who sees the problem and will help you deal with it. Okay? I think I got time for one more. Someone deemed me this question. I've known my best friend since the sixth grade. I'm not a lesbian, and neither is she. But lately, I feel like she's my soulmate, and I think I'm sexually attracted to her. How do I tell her how I feel? Wow. See, the part that got me was the soulmate part, the lesbian thing and all that. That is what it is. See, be very careful in the sense that you don't know what her reaction is going to be because she may not be into woman, women, rather. I said woman. She may not be into women, and she may not believe that you're her soulmate. So if you tell her, just be prepared to accept whatever she, reaction she has and, and come from the place or the position that you just wanted her to know, that you wanted to share the information with her. Don't expect a lot of outcomes and responses because if she's your soulmate and you feel that, then you owe it to yourself to open your mouth. Let people know how you feel about them and let them come up with their own decisions. Hopefully you won't lose your friend, but the thing you definitely won't lose is your sense of self-respect. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next week, okay? I love these end of the week shows. Y'all be good, all right? Be kind. I love you. How about that? At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home, or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.